Hi, last week on episode 1, we had discussed on the basics of how remote work is a boon. But as remote work is new, there are loads of wrongdoings when working from home. Predominantly because many companies and its employees are trying to replicate the office even when at home. But it has to be work from home, not again office from home. So let's see what we have to say in this episode 2. Don't make offices out of home. Welcome to Draw the Code Podcast. This is Gautam and Subhu hosting the show. Each week you'll hear mind-blowing interviews, tips and stories of small, medium and micro-entrepreneurs. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's jump right into the show. First of all, thank you all for giving us a warm welcome on our first episode. We'd love to hear more from you all. And for that, make sure to listen, subscribe or follow this channel, Draw the Code Podcast. Share and recommend this audio to your kith and kin. We are available on both YouTube and Spotify also. Last week, we had a guest in our show. Having a work experience of more than three decades, following the traditional way of commuting to office for work, He also had three points to share with us, which we shall be using as the major base of our today's discussions. To know more on his points, you can check out our previous episode, episode 1, Why Remote Work is a Boom. Today, we'll be talking more on three main activities, con calls and meetings, cuss words used in work environments, and self-discipline. I'd love to start this session by recommending to say, no to often meetings. What do you say, Subo? Yeah, team meetings are like hallucination drugs. Looks like you're doing it right because it feels so good, but you're actually digging a grave for yourself faster than possible. I got to read this book which spoke on regular team meetings or client meetings, either on call or physically with people, where the author explains the true cost of meetings. Let's say when a team containing at least five members are attending to a meeting, which spans for an hour. So basically you haven't spent one hour on a meeting, but five productive man hours is totally gone with the wind. It's totally true. The worst part is that people try to replicate the same when working from homes too. They try to make offices out of their homes. Exactly. More than being a part of meetings, when you watch people who are glued to their laptops on Zoom calls or whatever video calling platform, I think watching them is more fun than the actual meeting. Because you know for a fact, it's just random chattering of thoughts amidst their team members. Group meetings favor predominantly the extroverts rather than the silent ones. Big and large organizations also have an executive heavily paid to take notes on what the meeting is all about and share it to the top people or management, which they term it as minutes of the meeting or MOM and so on. It is so evident that it narrows down to writing down and documenting those contents. What's the result of concall meeting is that the team could have arrived at the solution and solved problems if they wrote a document prior to a meeting and then discussed over it. Majority of the time, the result is planning another meeting for a better solution because the final decision taken in previous meeting weren't enough and the best of all, a lot of time is spent on just checking whether the call is audible during a meeting or not. Also to mention, medium or big companies who believe in bulk hiring of candidates may miss out on the best talents because there is much stress on shooting out 
or your point in front of a group of people. We aren't against people who are happy to spell out their points better. But we also wanted to say that there are so many talented peoples out there not fluent with speech, but find it easy to type away their points, who may find it better to present in other forms like sketches, spreadsheets, drafts, etc, etc, other than just speech, because they are shy in front of a group. So we find hiring sessions like group discussions again narrowing down to a place for people who would be happy to shoot out their points and some may also be jumping to justify why they were right. But not to forget, most of the best points come out from the quietest of them all. So, which means, according to us, we don't find group discussions round to be effective while hiring talent for programmers, designers or coders because it's not always the correct yardstick of measuring talents. Like an old cliche saying that goes, don't try to judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, by which we mean flowery and loud speeches alone aren't the right way to measure one's ability. Huge corporates may have their own reasons, but people who may not have the best talent but are only fluent with their presentation and their presentation skills, they are unable to cope up or be abreast with the latest technological or technical advances. So that is also one of the main reasons for a mass layoff. Why we firmly believe and highly recommend writing things up and sharing within teams rather than meeting or talking is because every point is documented and just in case, if at all, the final decision of every write-up doesn't work, you still have other points suggested by other executives to try with. Who knows, it may work out wonders. It's not that we don't have video or con-call meetings at all. Don't we also use them once in a while, Gautam? But we use it as a tool to reconfirm and reaffirm what we have pitched within our team. Sometimes we may want to have a small feedback session with our teammates or interns. Presently we have an intern. Presently we have one intern. So we write down our points and post it to them. So we do connect for a video or an audio con call, Radley, which acts like an underline to whatever we had posted before. Okay, whatever we spoke now may be viable within internal teammates. It's worked really well for us. But what about meeting clients or new leads? We've reduced our physical meetings with our clients or leads to an unprecedented level. But why? Is it not about the relationship you may ask? Totally yes. But there's also something called filtration. Understanding the fact that catering to all becomes unnecessary and leads to unproductive ways of working. For example, when we started out acro development about four years before, we had this thought that anybody we come across have to be converted to our clients, which was highly impossible because we are into building customized softwares, which means it would work out for businesses who understand how important softwares are on the long run for them and how it would help them grow better. So this converting all and anyone resulted in too many projects leading us to stressful deadlines friction with our clients and also we had some projects getting terminated halfway. So then we started out with filtration of leads based on various parameters like uh, how interested are they, how potential can they be for acro development, how useful can we be to them in terms of deliverables, quality, cost, time, etc, etc. So we started to filter out our leads from the very first phone calls we have with them. For example, I get to handle clients and new leads at Acro Development. 
So when I've got some pitches to make to the team after my discussion with my clients or with my new leads, I write up a pitch to my technical team. So they get to throw in their suggestions too, which means it's like a conglomerate of all perspectives. So now we get to decide the best of them and then I'm able to revert to our client or lead on the cost, timeline and various deliverables. So every word is documented and we make sure we don't write it everywhere. We have secluded places for our pitches, common announcements, learning posts, I mean, etc, etc. So that so that it becomes easy to refer in the future and it also becomes easy for us to reuse them for upcoming prospects. This helps us to know who our target clients are, understand their businesses and how best we can deliver to them, thereby building a strong and a healthy relationship. We've been trying to follow this and we've been following this for close to almost six to seven months now. And we've refined our methods for the better, which has shown a positive impact on our business clarity. Before these times, when Gautam was on a call with a new lead, he would also pull me in for the con call for technical stuff. And then I would end up pulling our technical team to discuss on the new requirement. The team now abruptly drops all the work and sits on analyzing the new requirement and start to provide a roadmap on how we can work on it. So I get that report and we discuss between both of us to provide a cost and a timeline. All of this happens always in just a couple of hours. It may sound instant and fine. But this method was like a dominoes where the whole team's productivity goes for a toss one after the other. We wouldn't say this was a wrong method, but we surely not recommend this to others. Why did we follow this method? is merely because of the fear of losing out new prospects. I wouldn't say this didn't give us projects, but it actually gave us too many projects to handle and it was too much stress. During this time, when we sat for lunch one fine day, we got to read this article on the 5Y method. It's a method followed by the Japanese where they ask the question why to a problem five times and find the root cause of a problem rather than understanding it on a surface level. So we tried this on us by asking ourselves five questions. So here we go. Our first question was why some projects got terminated. And the answer to that was because we couldn't handle too many. We could make the next question out of this answer. Why couldn't we handle too many? Because we gave our team more than what they can chew. The next question was why did we have to give them more than what they could chew? Which means why did we have to give them too much work? because we had to pay them at the right time. Why couldn't we get the money from these projects in the right time? Because we were working twice than our proposed charges or we were charging them less. So this was the one actually causing the problem. From then on, we take our time to analyze the new requirements to derive at a clearer cost and timeline rather than providing an instant one. These disturbances started from the ASAP mindset which is the as soon as possible mindset. And this phrase is now considered to be a very bad cuss word at acro development. We feel a lot of so-called professional phrases that's being used in work environments as cuss words. Let's talk about them in our next segment. But before that, a tiny break. Don't forget to wash your hands, sip some water and stretch a bit until we get back. Before we continue with the session, we interrupt you with a small break. 
Each business is different. Every business has unique problems. Unique problems need customized solutions. Check out akro.com, aakro.com for your customized business automation solutions. Starting the segment with the cuss words like ASAP, at the earliest possible, update immediately, etc., etc. And the most annoying of them all is when we get to ask our clients when they require an update, for which we sometimes get an answer like, we wanted this yesterday, which they are trying to imply ASAP at the earliest. And it sounds like an alien level cuss word to us. Why we aren't fans of these is because these words actually are a result of anxiety of wanting immediate solutions, not considering the fact what the person on the other side is working on, whether they are available or not, how packed are they with their present works. We find some people use these cuss words, sorry, they exploit these words for any situation whatsoever. As mentioned by my dad in the last episode, where he mentioned uh, top level management or colleagues, or might be he himself in certain situations, can expect things of their team at all times or at any time when working from home, not considering the time and their availability. It's just because they work from home and are always close to their laptops or phones. This is one of the very major things that most people do out of anxiety because they feel anything and everything to be available at all times. And when they try to work from home, some managers try to handle their subordinates or their teammates with this pressure, thinking it's a way of pressing them and getting the most out of them. We, when we try to press them and get the most out of them, we end up killing them. But when we focus on getting the best out of them, we grow them. It's absolutely high time we understand this. When we go deeper on methods for tracking, it gets nastier. When in remote, uh, generally we have companies who track login time, logout time, the general work time of every employee at work. I mean, that's totally fine. It's essential for accountability and know where your team is standing and know how they are performing on the tasks allocated on or project proceedings. It's all fine here, but things get nasty when they look into how much time they worked on rather than what they have actually worked on. So again, this turns into a quantitative approach rather than a qualitative one. Today we are filled with macros, time tracking tools and whatnot. What's worse is to even track our mouse movement activities, keyboard typing activities, lifetime, etc, etc. All these tools we are okay with. We see them as tools which can help us track where our team has got stuck because in development or design, we totally understand there may be creativity blocks or thought process doubts where our developer can get stuck in one area and start to spend way too much time than it actually requires. So in our company, Subu nor I or I, we get to involve ourselves and crack it. We aren't pros either. Sometimes we get, we too get stuck. So we ask our teammates to suggest better methods. So this tells us how we can channelize our product to us. It's like that remote control car toy, which hits on a wall and unable to move past it. Battery is getting wasted, more sound and absolutely no fun at all. So you need to turn its way to keep it moving. When you're stuck, you can, you can, you, you can might be try harder and think and get it. You might also crack it, 
but it's taking too much time and your brain is also starting to rot. The faster we try to understand that we are stuck and ask for assistance, it helps us to achieve or arrive at our solution. We follow this method rather than considering on tracking how much time that they've spent on moving their mouse, their keyboard, tracking their brain waves, because we don't run an investigation agency where people interrogate to know the magnitude of truth in their answers. So precisely, policing a team would never work and it's never going to work. That's why we don't use the ASAP method at Acro Development. But there's truly a wonderful substitute for this which doesn't involve any unwanted anxiety, but creates a sense of urgency in a good way. It's by creating priorities. We get to allocate our teamworks to work on a feature or a project as a whole by giving them a priority. For instance, it goes like when we have a client request on new changes like an app flow or adding a new image to their website, we understand what's the work which is going presently within our team. Then we pitch the new changes from the client and also mention when it has to be delivered to our team. Now our technical team analyzes and reconfirms whether it can be done or not within the speculated time. If it can be done or if it's going to take longer, we know it prior and inform the client. We get to reallocate our present works along with the new ones and take the responsibility of handling them by prioritizing. We'd love to recommend our listeners the same on trying this method on their daily works as it can pave waves to as it can pave ways to channelize and helps us to understand the importance of our tasks. We spoke on all these methods. It's worked well with our team. But how would it work for you and your teammates? I guess that can be answered in our next segment where we will be discussing on ownership, responsibility, and disciplining ourselves and each of our teammate. But before that, let's go for a small break. Spending a bomb and waiting for months to get a website is painful. Get your instant website solutions from Acro Development. Check out acro.com, A-A-K-R-O.com. When we talk about responsibility, I would like to mention this person who worked in our team as a developer and just got recently terminated. Just wanted to share this with you all. It's not a rant nor the moment to talk behind someone's back, but we are not mentioning their name also. Let's call that person as John. When we started with working from remote close to a year before, we had equipped our teammates well with needful supplies like laptops, network connectivities, stationaries, everything. John worked as a back-end developer with us, mainly focusing on building logics on admin panels, dashboards, DB tables, etc. Over the years, we've always mentioned John to cultivate the habit of referring other, other people's works and ask for assistance, not spending too much time rather than getting stuck for a day or two. But John kept working only on the stuff which we had asked to, not looking into other people's work, not getting things new into his head. It was pretty annoying as we don't want developers to do mundane stuff. We always feel that a developer may have to go through various thought processes, planning and executing well. And, it's also in, and it also involves uh, proper suggesting. And since they involve in developing something new rather than sitting on the same stuff over and over again. 
So one has got to be prepared with the right attitude for learning new stuff. This never was an attitude with him and he couldn't convince nor educate the family that he is actually working from home and it's not the time to discuss on their unwanted stuff. There was a clear decrease and a bad dip in productivity over a year. And we could sense an exponential downfall in the last three months when he was with us. We couldn't witness any sign of improvement after several feedback sessions that we shared with him. All combined, it was an attitude problem, lack of writing skills, lack of informing stuff to the new teams clearly, lack of thinking, lack of uh, learning something new. And that's the worst that you can expect from a person who's been with us for close to two years. We had to take the hard route of terminating that person. The main reason why we mentioned this was to throw light on the mentality of the person that matters a lot rather than the external factors. External factors like family pressure are extremely secondary or tertiary too and can be handled well. Everyone's got problems with various magnitudes. People become better version of themselves only when they attack it better. If one realizes to take ownership and consider that it's their work, it's their company and it's wonderful clients that we have, everything falls in place and then work becomes fun rather than handling just a couple of tasks which are thrown at you. Every individual can be a source of ideas and suggestions. It's the compilation of them and then picking out the best and viable out of them is what matters. What do we look into a person when they join Acro Development is the attitude. Attitude tops the list no matter what. An ever-learning attitude is top of the list followed by talent and grasping speed. But it may look or it may feel like only a career-oriented person or only a workaholic needs to be working from home. No, that's where things go out of track. We don't believe in workaholism. It's play while you play, work well while you can work, sleep while you sleep, be happy to take two more days of leave if you feel you need a break. So this means one doesn't have to be a workaholic, but a self-aware, responsible person who knows what they have to do and how to handle it. That's the right fit for our team or rather any team, I would say. Summarizing on all the above, someone with no collaborative nature and not, and not, talking, and not taking the time to discuss with the team would only result in a tragic outcome. To summarize our today's episode, we spoke on how meetings feel good, but work is not happening over there. So why not try writing up points and posting it to your team? We also spoke on the cuss words like ASAP and at the earliest possible, which can be avoided and replaced by prioritizing your works. We are ending with how one doesn't have to be a workaholic, but can still be responsible and take ownership of the work that we all do from our homes. Thank you for being with us till the last segment. Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Spotify. We are available as Draw the Code Podcast. We are also available on Twitter and Instagram as at AcroDaveTeam, A-A-K-R-O Dave Team Handles. Check out Acro.com for your website, app, and branding solutions. The link is in the show notes. We are signing off for now. Until next week, all we have to say is spread love, enjoy life, and never stop learning. Catch you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you.